Hello and welcome to the IMB podcast brought to you by the communication cell and student media cell of IIM Bangalore. The new podcast series aims to become a platform to discuss the latest business, economic, management and social issues that matter. The podcast will witness IIM Bangalore fraternity including but not limited to the faculty members, students and alumni providing their insights and perspectives to the topics and issues that surround us. These are interesting and challenging times for the entire world and especially for the education sector. Most institutes have either delayed sessions by a long margin or are starting classes virtually in an online mode. IIM Bangalore has invested in its infrastructure and has already started classes online for the EPGP, PGPEM, PGPPM, PGP, PGPBA programs in the past few months. Other IIMs and business schools globally are also planning or have started classes online. With an increasing push towards digitalization and the development of a work from home culture the question that we are looking to tackle in today's podcast is can online education replace the offline education system we are excited to have professor r shrinivasan as our guest in today's podcast professor shrinivasan is a professor of strategy at iim bangalore he teaches a course on strategy and platform business models he also offers executive programs for higher education teachers on teaching methods and pedagogy Welcome, Professor. It is such a pleasure to have you today. My pleasure. Yeah. Professor, we intend to cover significant ground during this podcast on the topic. Let us start with talking about learners first. We are seeing the millennials who are in some way digital natives not very happy with the shift to online mode. What could be the possible reasons for the same? It is a generation that spends time chatting on various platforms, streaming multiple videos on OTTs, yet finding online education not a conducive mode of studies. What could be the potential reasons for the same? Digital natives are those people who are comfortable using devices. They, they're comfortable using devices for communication entertainment, which is very different from learning. The way one reads fiction is very different from reading a textbook. Think of it this way, pretty much very similar to watching movies online or chatting online is different from a intensive class. A typical postgraduate class is not about learning concepts and frameworks, but also delineate when and where to apply those frameworks and possibly later in the day reflect on the same. But learning is about learning at three dimensions, knowing, doing, and being. Knowing is very easy online. We do online search, search engines, uh, wikis. Doing is relatively difficult. Think of an experiment, a chemistry experiment. It's still possible, but not as easy. Being, which is about leadership, innate qualities, that's going to be extremely difficult to develop. Being online, the attitude, the culture, the norms of behavior, that's the most difficult part of online. It's going to be very difficult and tiring to learn, to apply, to reflect, unlearn, unlearn something completely new online. That's pretty much new skills and therefore online learning is very different animal than offline learning. Thank you, Professor. That is insightful. Could you throw some insights on the challenges that students face when learning online due to a shift in online mode? Is it simply a case of infrastructure issues, maybe in terms of the internet connectivity that the student has or an access to a phone, laptop or a computer? Or could it be a deeper problem related to students' learning processes? Let me take this uh, challenges at three levels. 
the challenges of shifting from offline to online at three levels at the level of the individual the le- at the level of the interaction between individual and technology and at the ecosystem level let's focus on the individual first within the individual inside the individual learner is struggling with a lot of questions and doubts how would you prefer for an offline class you would get ready physically appearance body language you comb your hair wash your face spray a deodorant walk into class the class environment matters the formal place the faculty the support staff other students who are looking at you and during the class you are pretty much under observation you are like you know well behaved at least you feel you under observation in the offline world you are yourself you have absolutely yourself to left to motivate yourself there's no peer interaction to motivate you there's nobody who is monitoring you those little cues no when you answer a question posed by a teacher you look at a best friend for approval when someone you absolutely least expect from the last benches provides an excellent insight you know the whole the walks that you run the the you know the running to the classroom the lazy walks back from the classroom to the mess the noise levels absolutely very different in a closed room you're sitting in a bedroom you're sitting in a closed room you are in a study area and and because you know there are people around the house the construction happening next door you close the windows you are absolutely yourself there's no social cues for you to behave that's that's one big 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 challenge at the individual level as i move to the second level the technology issues can be very frustrating call drops even for a few minutes can disrupt a flow of learning and getting the attention back is very difficult at this to technology and motivation at the teacher said the teacher needs to have you know completely different competencies and teaching competencies is not evenly distributed the full spectrum of teaching competencies some teachers who are great in the offline world may not be that great in online some others who are very awful online uh, very awful offline may be an absolute star in the online world we say change management no there are three kinds of people there are some who make things happen there are some others who embrace the change when there is no choice and there are some others who are standing at the by side and wondering what happened so we have this entire spectrum so therefore it is going to be extremely difficult for learners to move online and and you will have a bunch of people who are left wondering what happened that's wonderful sir in fact referring to your blog you wrote on four axes of learning and building on the last question you talked about various learning styles can you please elaborate a bit for our audience based on your observations and findings what learning styles do you see students follow in physical classrooms and how does it deviate in an online mode yeah i see that there are four axes let's start with the first one the first one is the visual physical axis on the one end is visual and the other end is physical imagine that visual learning is learning through seeing a model an image a map a process diagram physical learning is touch feel doing things playing with it you build one yourself there is also what is uh, people also call it kinesthetic learning do things experimentation how do i draw current unless i show what current is how do i describe heat unless i experience it things like swimming cooking cycling skills 
cannot with you know any other means but physical there are experiments there are experiences these are things that are stored in the muscle memory very very difficult to replace if you are trying to teach something like you know boxes arrows like industry analysis framework or, you know growth growth share matrix you use a visual method you know remember these these metaphors no these these frameworks have wonderful metaphors to make you remember they are dogs cows for for no reason they put all of that there if you have to teach how to diagnose and repair an engine i can't use frameworks and diagrams only i have to actually show it to you in, in that's why we call this as workshops where you dirty your hands show and tell let people experiment they make errors some of these errors are costless errors do undo redo till the learning is complete so this is the first axis the visual physical axis about seeing and doing the second uh, axis is about hearing this is the visual the second is the oral auditory or verbal uh, something's like learning music or learning religious texts for instance there i say that rhyme precedes reason you don't understand it before you repeat the the spoken word is more important than the meaning of the word the spoken word stimulates the brain and it remembers patterns you know how children remember language they learn the language you wrote memorize things you wrote memorize multiplication tables there are certain things that you wrote memorize and that is the basis for further learning today you don't need to wrote memorize multiplication but as a child you did wrote memorize multiplication it is important to listen you know sometimes music i don't understand the lyrics but the music matters to me some other times if i want to repeat that i repeat memorize patterns right sometimes i create those acronyms remember what are the colors of the rainbow you all of us remember the word vibjar vibjar has no meaning but it creates a nice acronym now it is about sometimes it's auditory where i hear and repeat and listen and sometimes it's verbal where i repeat and you know rememorize the repeat pattern memorize so this is the second axis the third axis extends from the seeing and hearing to the context how do i learn where do i learn there are some things that i learn myself solitarily sit in one corner learn myself a poet one solitude to organize her thoughts reflect but if you learn to oratory skills you want to learn public speaking you can't sit in solitary place and learn you have to be socially situated is your learning independent of everybody else or is your learning social how to work in teams cannot be taught in an individual this one geometry possibly solitary case discussion necessarily social setting the fourth axis that i talk about is how is the learning reinforced the axis one is seeing axis two is hearing axis three is the context how you learn where you learn and the fourth one is how do you reinforce the learning either logical cause effect diagrams or through emotions some complex concepts you build cause effect arrows boxes constructs inflation interest rate economic growth repo rates cause effect diagrams you build that in detail to understand the issue but if i have to tell you to protect yourself wash your hands regularly you know wear a mask i have to get down to emotional level you know you want to get down to specifics how many times should i wash my hands how many seconds should i wash my hands is this kind of soap better that kind of soap better thank you don't ask me all those questions emotionally washing hands protects you prevents you 100% sure no not necessary but at least it is the best way that we know of that's a emotional connect 
you, you remember those uh, slogans that uh, political parties are leaders do friends romans countrymen from julius caesar now all about emotional calls for appeal the swachh bharat campaign uh, emotional appeal this is not so much science the science is not so much important as much as the emotional appeal is so this is the fourth axis the reinforcement so put together the four axes how do we see how do we listen what context do we learn how do we reinforce this when we move from the offline to the online world in the offline world i can actually experiment with all it in the online world i can't experiment with a lot of things the learning context is necessarily solitary the reinforcement is necessarily somewhere between emotional and uh, logical repeat may not be social i may not have a one on one setting to be able to ensure that you are repeating it right there's a lot of constraints in the online world so therefore the teachers have to get a little more effort preparation presentation to ensure that we are getting the right content in the right style to the right learner thank you professor uh, that was a very insightful structured blog in fact it gave us a lot of fodder to understand how online learning happens now coming to another aspect of online education and looking at it from a faculty perspective we have heard of cases where faculty members find it inconvenient talking to screens and are unable to sense the mood of the class as a faculty that too from a strategy area which is driven by case based learning what challenges and hiccups do you foresee for the teachers and educators yeah i must confess teaching to a screen is very difficult but let's not broad brush the entire experience there are there are certain advantages there are certain challenges so let, let let's talk about let me think of it this way if i have a full completely remote class i count four challenges challenge number 1 is a lot of teachers no uh, teachers like me draw a lot of energy from the class the nods the smiles the wicked shines in their eyes of students when they learn something new you know the kind of cross talks somebody is like yawning somebody is sneaking a look at a mobile screen looking around each other i make a joke about things somebody look every, the entire class looks at somebody now these are the cues for the teacher how engaged the class is this cues help me vary the depth of what i teach the pace of what i teach the interactivity of the class the immersion into the class is a critical part of teaching a very important challenge more than this immersion immersive experience humor is completely lost in my class if some of you have been in my class a good part of my class is about dry humor subtle dry humor the slight sarcasm it evokes more than just a smile sometimes it's bewilderment somebody you know who doesn't get the joke for the first time he doesn't know what happened then a, a couple of minutes later he get the joke maybe somebody else gets the joke these kinds of humor gets people thinking the transition from from the understanding of what it is of what sarcasm meant to him how did that get get that thinking going in what direction the class is taking that is completely lost in the online class i can't get humor i don't get the responses to humor in my class third the very little that students can learn from each other in a physical class there's so much of learning between peers that significant learning that peer learning is not there how did this person analyze the case i forgot this i missed this particular aspect of this that is a very critical part of post class reflection 
group work before the class i can force it but voluntarily coming together that after class uh, you know you, you can consciously unless you consciously build this pre class group work it's not there in the offline world you know especially in a residential context the breakfast time meeting where you're trying to gather notes from others the walk from the mess to the class you have this short discussions did you think of it did you think of that now that the peer effects is not there so therefore for the teacher from a teacher's perspective i am teaching to each student individually but not to a whole class so that makes a big difference the fourth challenge i see is i don't get this accumulative learning students cannot build on each other in normal situations somebody is talking about this firm has performed very well financially then somebody says yes financially yes but not market performance yes market performance is good but it's a really bad place to work for now those kinds of building on each other or sometimes you know in a case class we create camps we create you know we play politics in class and say here is one set of people who believe in something here is one set of people who don't believe in that a group of people who say yes to it a group of people who say no to it and get you guys to fight with each other now those kinds of arguments those kinds of conflicts that dynamics is extremely difficult to create in an online class we try with you know groups and breakout rooms and all of that but this kind of active countering each other disagreements groups of people sitting together that is missing in the online class so as a teacher you're missing out a significant proportion of learning content when you get to the pure pure online class well professor you brought back a lot of memories of the campus i was at the receiving end of, of your sarcasm when we dis- when we were discussing the zara case yeah. well building on the above question how should the teachers adapt themselves for online teaching what are certain things that can make the classes effective even in a virtual environment is it merely a case of using better infrastructure like smart boards ipads or is there a need for a shift in the teaching style i think there is both at one level i need to learn to use the technology but at the second level i also need to make a conscious choice like i told teach you uh you need to know when to use what framework just because i have technology i should not use it so i need to be making a conscious choice of what technology to use to what end that said there are a lot of advantages in online teaching as well in fact you know i i was i, I can easily divide the class into small breakout rooms go to go to breakout rooms discuss co-create yourself come back create 10 minutes 5 minutes i can create breakout rooms seamlessly bring them back randomly assign breakout groups randomly bring them back in a physical class this is extremely difficult to do if i want to do it provided i want my my pedagogy involves small group discussion and talking about it i need to redo a lot of my teaching styles one i need to figure out how much content do i deliver in a lecture personally speaking i have had to reduce my content per minute i've had to speak slower i've had to if i if i would cover so much in a physical class i actually cover a lesser proportion in my online class the second what examples what demonstrations do you do in class videos powerpoints or or even a piece of uh, something that i want to demonstrate now those demonstrations those examples have to be consciously chosen which is amenable to an online world and three how do i get my students motivated engaged energized 
you know the the, the cold calling uh, person talking about that one person to 20 in for 20 minutes 15 20 minutes of engagement with one person is is a very distinct offline style i take that to the online world i actually lost out the rest of the class they're not even listening in i cannot continue the same style back here in spite of my technology allowing me to do it i should not do it as much as as rigorous as i would do in an offline class in the offline class i could possibly do easy warm calling i could actually send out a message saying that you know what yes it is 21 minutes into class now 40th minute i'm going to ask you to talk about zara's performance and and i've kept you engaged you're ready with that you're, you're thinking more carefully about performance for the next 15 minutes you're listening to what everybody is talking about performance and you're framing your thoughts about performance i'm actually talking to yash i come back to say kushagra i'm going to ask you this after this you're going to give me this counterpoint now immediately uh, engagement levels are different this engagement motivation is different i can use the tools to do it but i will be very wary of people using tools because they have it rather than they need the tool well, professor the next issue that we have is very important for both learners and teachers the issue is of digital fatigue that stems from staring at the screen for long hours second is a very important issue of mental well being something that we don't talk a lot when when it comes to our own country in india caused due to the isolation that appears in a virtual environment do you think these are hindrances which even technology cannot solve screen time is a significant issue a bigger uh, problem with screen time than screen time is digital fatigue digital fatigue is both physical as well as mental the physical fatigue happens because of exposure to digital light led lights over long periods of time and typically the ambient light is lesser than the digital light the, the screen is brighter than the ambient room light and therefore there's a lot of strain on your eyes and your this one the mental fatigue happens because of isolation from other people this isolation happens in a learning context because there is no social validation of your thought process good learning happens when i assimilate something new that assimilated something new i have to find a way to say that is this right have i understood it correctly now that have i understood it correctly has to be socially validated either by the professor or by the peer group and and, and that social validation doesn't exist at least till i get to the exam and even that is not social validation but a one on one validation that social validation is extremely important for mental well being somebody should keep patting your back saying that boss you are doing right you are going on the right way and and what happens is in the absence of social validation i am not sure whether i have learnt it right or not and therefore i get distracted i get distracted to doing things online like this email alert or a social media content or the private chat among participants that's completely distracting a second important thing that happens in a digital class compared to a physical class i use the word digital class not necessarily online only is this habit of writing by hand the act of writing by hand has a significant connection to the way you learn the handwriting of notes is a significant opportunity what happens in the handwriting of notes is because you think and then you write when you type you type with a confidence that i can erase it whenever i want i can remove it i can rewrite it that confidence actually lets you write before you complete your thought process this writing by hand is getting lost significantly 
and therefore learning has become increasingly passive this passive learning is significantly harmful than active learning the the mental well being is about active learning not passive learning that's why you know there are isolated professions people that have very very isolated have significant mental issues because it's about passiveness the social validation doesn't exist the validation is at the end of the work you know a movie star when she is shooting the movie she has no social validation whether she is doing well or not when does it happen on the blockbuster day on the box office that's when the validation happens till such time she is under a pressure cooker now that is the mental uh, wellness well being that we are talking about and that is actually likely to happen in pure pure online classes the pressure cooker going on end of the day end of the term exams is when you release how i have understood it actually we need to break this that means as a learner we need to find ways to communicate with other learners have co created projects do things together smaller milestones rather than one large exam at the end of the semester now that is something that will break this mental agony mental monotony coming back to technology disruptions in internet connectivity right uh, or sometimes you know we just lose people because there's a small break somebody is speaking when they are mute you don't know what they are talking about you lost that first 2 minutes or i cannot i cannot put a face to the voice i know you i have seen you before and therefore i can talk to you differently than when i have not even known you i i can't even put a face to the name it's very difficult for me to uh, you know connect with you as well and there's also this uh, you know example like car people drive cars fast because not because the roads are good because the cars are very good brakes because there's a promise that all of these uh, lectures are being recorded they are digitally available for offline viewing don't worry if your internet is broken allows me to get distracted so that in- reduces engagement because now i say if i slack off for 10 minutes it's okay i can go back to the recording whenever i can now that is reducing engagement so net net put together digital fatigue is reducing engagement it is important for us to break this uh, fatigue by creating more engagement midpoints through the semester through the term as well as within the class that's an important thing to underscore professor that you know we need to drive up the engagement in the digital mode one another aspect of online education is the infrastructure challenges that are present in our country the problem is of the digital divide universities get their students from every corner in this country some places have precarious power situations while others may have extremely poor connectivity we have very limited broadband penetration in our country according to the international telecommunication union there are only 1.33 fixed broadband subscriptions per 100 individuals in india how do you see online education system and virtual learning emerging in such a challenging environment this infrastructure is a real challenge i am not even you know places where there is no broadband or no fixed broadband are still easy we know that there is a problem there are places which are absolute top of the this thing national capital region because of heavy deluge of rains has had internet outages now those kinds of infrastructure challenges are absolutely real and, and those are things that are seriously going to come in the way of our learning 
even in absolutely well-to-do homes, there are going to be just one devices, one device to connect to the internet. What we have done in the last few years, we've reduced the cost of connectivity. Large economies of scale the country is providing and all of that. But the quality of infrastructure is significantly different, significantly varied. But there's an opportunity. The opportunity is to move away from pure, pure synchronous learning to blending synchronous and asynchronous content. We could make a lot of bit-sized content, make it interactive, deliver it through a variety of media. When we think of online classes, we think of synchronous classes delivered through one medium. No, I keep wondering, I don't know, why can't we have a course which is delivered in, say, short 10-minute videos, sent through WhatsApp? I send you a video every hour with, a, uh, you know, five, uh, five questions, Q&A sessions. You respond to me by text or voice messages to the group. And every one hour, I keep sending 10-minute videos. And in the evening, we, we spend 20 minutes together. Now, such kind of sessions, sufficiently online, not necessarily live, there are a lot of innovations that can happen. We should leverage the infrastructure that we have. And, and these kinds of businesses, these kinds of opportunities is limited by our imagination. The problem is our formal education system has built in a mindset, both teachers and learners. Large investments are required to make superior experience. No, not necessarily. Can we reimagine our investment strategy? The dominant logic, no, that there are programs, programs are courses, courses are skills, there's a hierarchy. There's a great opportunity for us to break that. Can we create a pyramid of stackable skills? Learn this, then learn this, then learn this. Once you've learned five, five things, a stack, a meaningful competence is built. We, here is an opportunity for us to break that infrastructure as a challenge and, and look at infrastructure challenges as opportunities and create new models of programs, new models of competence-based learning rather than subject-based learnings. Let's not call masters of physics. Let's call, let's, let's focus on, uh, say, electrical engineering. Let's focus on a particular, you know, uh, pipes, for instance, or liquid flows. Create that kind of competencies rather than create engineering in civil engineering or mechanical engineering. Here is an opportunity for us to balance the two. Professor, building on this uh, question, you know, let me come to the learning ecosystem. Universities offer a strong value proposition in terms of the network and social capital. People find long-term friends, entrepreneurial partners for the next venture, get to learn from their peers, and get a holistic learning ecosystem. Many believe that the ecosystem of learning outside the classroom is also an essential component of individual development. Will it be possible for an online mode of education to deal with this and create a new normal? I like the way you called uh, this as a social capital. You're right. I would like to reimagine universities or institutions as a co-learning space. If you think of it as a co-learning space, to provide a networking opportunity that is up absolutely difficult to replace, especially in residential programs like, like we have in our uh, institution. We're all ensconced in a campus, something like a cocoon. It's, it's a wonderful, long-lasting ties. Graduate education, both undergrad and postgraduate education, is about building these kinds of networks in learning contexts. This is going to be extremely difficult to build in a pure online world. In a limited way, we could build social connects. 
We could get you guys to work on group projects, co-create something meaningful, like some hybrid offerings that we have. Uh, we could build some things in a lot of content provided in asynchronous mode, which is in the form of MOOCs. You can learn the content. Limited way, come to campus as a cohort, network for a few, few days, and maybe a couple of weeks, a few weeks. You can put a name to a face, but that still does not form deep, trustworthy relationships. When I say social capital, we're not only discovering interests and competencies, we're able to build trust. We, we really have need a long time of relating with each other. Now this building trust, to be able to trust my startup with a co-founder, to be able to even find somebody whom I can uh, you know, spend the rest of my life with, uh, to be able to find someone whom I can trust is something extremely important that this co-learning spaces provide. Long periods of interaction together, both residential as well as non-residential. It is not about being resident in a hostel, but being able to co-create variety of things builds trust. Now that trust is difficult to build. That's true, Professor. Delving more on the learning ecosystem, we know that I am Bangalore has been one of the first movers towards online education. I am Bangalore has been running IMBX MOOCs on edX and SWAM for a long time. Further, a few months back, I am Bangalore started its EPGP program online, and it has also started its PGP program online. You have yourself taught a corporate strategy course online. What are some of the key takeaways that you have generated from the shift to online mode, especially in a live online setting? Let me start with MOOCs. MOOCs offer us an alternative to provide content easily. It allows for students to learn things at their own pace. Short, crisp, intense, multimedia content. It's very engaging, very insightful. But that's a different audience. Certifications around content is different from a degree program. I believe that a certification around content is about making you a sliver of a specialization. What we're looking at in a master's program is what is called as a T-shaped manager, uh, depth in one thing and breadth of being able to apply this everywhere. Now that T-shaped learning is very, very difficult to provide in this kind of MOOCs only, asynchronous only content. When we offered, the MOOCs on corporate strategy, we knew that our target audience was someone who knew some management, was part of a corporation. Eventually, the focus was on providing frameworks rather than developing life skills. We also had an experiment with a dominantly online executive program. Even that dominantly online had a short visit to campus as a cohort, provided face-to-face -face interaction between instructors and learners, as well as amongst learners. We run a program in an offshore location. In the offshore executive program, a lot of content goes asynchronously, but there is also the synchronous learning happening in that offshore location. There are times when the faculty travels to that offshore location and engages with the learners. Compared to this face-to-face -face interaction, a live online setting like a webinar is very different. When you create a MOOC, you have the option of editing things, redoing things that didn't go well. Pretty much the metaphor is like a live theater and movies. The face-to-face -face class is live theater. You perform in front of an audience. 
in the movies now you could do a lot of things you could move, do makeup you could do prosthetics you could do cgi you could do variety of things technology can help in making a movie a great experience but the live theater is a very different experience both for the teacher and the learner the butterflies in the stomach when i enter a live class after so many years of teaching i still have enough of them it's very very different than recording a mooc when i walk into a mooc i am more worried about my appearance i'm less worried about my preparation because i can script it i can redo it if i if it doesn't come about i can actually edit it it's it's very different in terms of the mooc experience so the hope is when we started this uh, one year program online or when we getting the pgp uh, two year mba program the second year classes online we're just hoping and praying that one day we'll come back to meet you guys will will be able to see you face to face you will be able to work together cohort as a cohort that's a ray for hope for us sir as well let me shift to another question some universities such as harvard business school have decided to go for hybrid models this year do you see asynchronous online content becoming the norm even post covid with classrooms becoming an active spot for discussion based on back and forth learning rather than just teaching and asynchronous recorded content building the fundamentals for the students i think hybrid is the future covid or no covid we are at a place where we need to learn to adopt hybrid basic content delivered online active interaction in the classroom frameworks on moocs webinars application in the classroom but the biggest fear i have in all of these moocs and webinars is not about the teacher it is about replacing the printed textbook there are already some early warning signs i dread a day when you are forced to read philip kotler and michael porter only as videos the tamasha reading a book allows you to reflect at a very different pace assimilate knowledge in a different form than watching videos whether it is a physical book or a kindle version as long as you are able to read a printed text is very very different from pure watching videos or audios the reflection speed the reflection uh, the ability to make notes the ability to go back uh, is is very different the motivations are very different just think of it i keep wondering why this audio books haven't taken over the world i sincerely hope they don't take over the world i would really like to see a world where textbooks and moocs precede classroom learning are a basis for classroom learning maybe you know along with your entrance exams course we also give you a textbooks and moocs complete the textbooks and moocs and then come into the universities choose which universities to get in based on the learning that you had with your textbooks and moocs i look at moocs as a complement to the textbook not as a competition to textbook if it does happen as a comp- competition to learning using textbooks it's a very scary world for me the university you know is a confluence of ideas the confluence of ideas still has a place like i told you before the serendipitous meetings the stressful deadlines around project work the social followups having to share a physical space with someone who don't like you don't like that person you would never want to see that person's face again but you have to share the space because you and i are in the same section in the illusory world no social media you could actually unfriend that fellow you could unfollow that fellow in an mba classroom you can't do that you can't do that to a professor you can't do that to your peers 
there will be people with different learning speeds, different learning styles. There will be people who are free riders, procrastinators. You need to work with all of them. Some of them is very enthusiastic in some courses. Some of them may decide to you know, free ride in some other courses. You need to learn to work with this entire, this one. This beauty of that physical space provides us that boundaryless, this thing of learning such kind of life skills. So therefore, I'm not very convinced that online only will make you a better person. The online only may teach you a framework better, but when to apply a framework, when not to apply the framework, more importantly, is a significant learning that happens in the classroom, in the physical space, in the idea space. That idea space, that boundary is extremely important to me. And therefore, I believe that going forward, Hybrid is the way. We're not going back to so much time spent on uh, learning. We may have even, ha you know, I'm, I'm actually even in envisaging that why are we still stuck with MBAs two years? Why can't we just get this MBA done faster? Possible. But the content goes online. The experience stays offline. That hybrid is the future. In the end, Professor, we would like to know about your personal experience. You have spent a lot of time teaching online and offline. What more do you enjoy? Do you also see a convergence in online and offline learning in the future? For example, IIT Madras has recently launched a degree program online. Will we see a lot more online degree programs coming forward? Personally speaking, I've been a late convert to asynchronous teaching. I did not jump into the MOOCs bandwagon right in the beginning. But when I discovered the power of how much it impacts, I realized it has its place. It has its own place where I can reach thousands of people, millions of people at one go. The last few months of synchronous teaching has been a very steep learning for me. Like I said before, I am I'm comfortable with tools, but I don't use the tools because I, I have the tools in front of me. I've continued my synchronous teaching from my office, sitting in my office, a desktop and an iPad rather than uh, equipment in the classrooms. One great thing I've learned, I've learned to teach while I'm sitting. I've learned to slow down. When I'm standing, I'm walking around the entire class. I, I was frustrated with the size of the ales in the class. None of it is now bothering me. I've learned that in, in synchronous online teaching. I've learned to slow down. I've discovered that my connect with online learners whom I had met before in the classroom is very different from those whom I have never met. I don't know, I can't express this. I can't put it in right words, but the feeling was somewhere very different. Somehow I could connect with the former, uh, those people whom I had met before physically, far better than whom I had never met face to face. I can come back to, if I actually reflect on what's, what, what is this doing to me as a teacher, in fact, I actually reflect as a parent of young kids. No, I see how the school teachers are struggling. I sincerely appreciate the school teachers and how they have adapted to this mode. As graduate teachers, where I'm teaching 25 year olds, we've had we've used technology in a variety of ways. A lot of my content, I have. It's easy for me to make PowerPoints. It's easy for me to find videos on YouTube for whatever I want to teach. We've used technology before. We just the medium of communication is online, whereas a school teacher who is teaching basic mathematics, basic algebra, polynomials. I mean, think of what it takes to make slides on algebra. 
what's it what, what does it take to make slides on polynomials far far difficult than teaching strategy i have tried to adapt i've tried to look at what they have done how they have managed to engage with school children how they have managed their visual styles i've discovered the power of animating the powerpoints i've discovered the power of both the printed word in the ppt and the written word annotations around the powerpoint teachers who have done that in the school learning have taught me quite a lot in the last few few weeks few months i believe the future is hybrid sequentially especially in the online world online followed by offline there will be a lot of online only programs that will come but a lot of uh, learners will pay a premium for the offline experience yes that will be online the trade off will be uh, online only from a global brand versus uh, online plus an experience from a not so necessarily global brand some of some people some segment will go to i want a global brand i'm okay with the online only i don't mind uh, experience does not matter to me the willingness to pay may be very different some people will say no the experience is very valuable to me i will pay for the experience so therefore there's a there's going to be a huge amount of segmentation in terms of people who value the certification from the global brand pure online there will be people who are going to pay high willingness to pay for a strong brand experience and there will be enough set of people who are going to pay for the blended learning hybrid learning i think the market's going to be very 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 segmented in terms of the learners and therefore there are going to be a wide variety of offerings coming from both global and national schools thanks a lot professor for your time these were really wonderful insights i'm sure our audience is going to enjoy this episode it was a pleasure to have you with us today thank you very much yash and hope you guys continue to enjoy online learning and hope to see you guys back in person face to face when we launch our hybrid uh, learning models so that's it from the imb podcast today we hope you enjoyed listening to it professor shrinivasan used the phrase knowing doing and being in the podcast which is the copyright of professor shikant datar of harvard business school from his book rethinking the mba business education at crossroads do send in your comments feedback and suggestions and we will be happy to read them have a great day